This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Uh, happy to be back at it. Happy that you got some some time. I know it's been a it's been a uh, a week for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly has. Uh, some people were checking on me on Twitter, Derek. Uh, DM me. I hadn't I hadn't been active on Twitter since Saturday when Damian Collins committed. Uh, don't want to go into too much information, but had some health issues with a family member this week that we were kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, hopefully we're getting somewhere somewhere now, but we're going to make up for it on this podcast. Uh, we've given some weeks we've had like eight or nine episodes, so we've tried to do that just in case something like this happens, but we're going to be sure to make up for it. We apologize. I'm sorry. Nothing on Derek's end. It was all on my end and things like that, but hopefully we are back to normal now. And Derek, now we have a UK basketball schedule to talk about, which is something that we've all been waiting on, honestly, for months now. This is something that we would typically have in August, but with the SEC and then trying to figure out dates and locations with all these MT events, it kind of took a little longer than planned. But Kentucky has a schedule, Derek, and for it to be a year with COVID, playing 27 games, it's not a bad-looking schedule, honestly. No, it's it's not. Um Got it pulled up right here. Okay, I was thrown off. So, yeah, still 18 SEC games like usual, and then nine non-conference games. So, um, I guess some initial thoughts, Sean. I'll just run through it, and then maybe you can give me yours. Um, for how uncertain it seemed like it might be to get to a schedule this year, it seems like a pretty decent schedule. Maybe this year, eh, I'll save this topic for a little bit later because uh, I do want to talk to you about it in regards to the home games, but. You get some good neutral court matchups. Kansas is a good one. Um, UCLA, that's interesting. Going back to Kansas, Sean, it sounds like Kentucky's going to play that game in Indianapolis, but the other half of the Champions Classic is going to be at Duke. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to mention to you, too, is that one still is to be determined as far as location. And we talked about this on our last episode, that it made sense to kind of move it to campus for a year or so. But it, like you said, it sounds like Kentucky-Kansas will be played in Indy, I don't know though. It's uh, man, the schedule when you look at it, you got Morehead State starting off the bat, which makes sense with a, an, an in-state team. That third game of the season there against Richmond is such a tricky game, just for a team, Derek, that I think in Kentucky it's going to be, you know, figuring out who it is 
early on. Uh, Richmond is down one of their best players for the season due to a torn ACL, but that's still going to be a very quality opponent walking into Rupp Arena, uh, Rupp Arena that will have 3,500 people in capacity. Now, I know this. Kentucky fans will say, well, there's really not a home court advantage. Anyhow, Rupp Arena, because it's so quiet for some of those games, but when there's 3,500 people in there, there essentially really isn't an advantage. There's not, and that, you know, I don't want to jump around too much here early, but I wanted to mention to you, see what you thought. Maybe this year it doesn't matter as much, just because, like you said, the, every home court advantage is going to be limited. I was thinking in terms of selling tickets, I'm going to say, Sean, this is not a very good home slate again for Kentucky. I was trying to think of what the best game was at home this year. Non-conference-wise, it's Texas, but it's not until January 30th. And then I guess for the SEC, like – Tennessee? Yeah, that'd be the one I, mean, I pick. You get your normal teams, Tennessee, Florida, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, teams like that. But uh, I don't, I just don't know. It's just not a, and again, this year is not probably the year to make a big deal out of it because probably just happy that there's going to be games played. But again, cool. who, are the, who are the big teams on the schedule? Kansas. Uh, name wise, UCLA, Louisville, Louisville, not their fault. That game's scheduled to be a real game anyway this year, so that is what it is. You know, it's just. I just would like to see a little bit better home schedule, I think. I think so. I think so, too, moving forward, for sure. When things are normal, I would like to see that change. Um, looking at this SEC schedule, though, one thing that stands out to me is they're at Rupp Arena three straight games, February 6th through the 13th. It's Tennessee at Rupp, Arkansas at Rupp, Auburn at Rupp. You never get that in a normal no. year. That's three straight big SEC home games. I mean, all three of those teams you think are – I mean, Arkansas you expect to be a quality opponent. You know what Auburn's been. You know what Tennessee will be. Uh, That's a really good stretch to have at home. But when you look at the schedule, Derek, honestly, I don't think Kentucky got a bad draw when it came to the SEC. Yeah, and I wonder, too, that's a good point you mentioned, the three straight home games. And then think about the next – road games man nashville and oxville are the locations so you're not having to get on a plane i wouldn't think i mean maybe i don't know in the years past i think they have one the maybe to both those schools uh nashville i'm sure but in the event that that is not deemed as safe or whatever maybe in february those are pretty easy trips to make um i would imagine they take a bus to both those schools so you got a stretch there for two weeks in february where actually basically that whole month sean You'll start the month of Missouri, but besides that, your travel will be very limited or no travel at all. Yeah. I wonder I think if most that, schools were kind of geared that way. I've not looked at any other schedules yet. I'm sure there was probably an effort to be made to do that. And, two, we, we've already talked about as far as attendance and capacity. So when you see Kentucky traveling to, let's see here, to Tennessee, that's not the same Thompson Bowling Arena that it's going to no. be. That's been in the past. That, that's why I think you're going to – I honestly think the better team is going to win a lot of games this season in college basketball because you're taking out the home court or the the road environment advantages. So like when Kansas goes on the road or Duke goes on the road or Kentucky goes on the road, you're not going to have those hostile crowds to, to battle against. Now, on the flip side of that, I know Kentucky has thrived off of that in past years of being, you know, the the hunted team and things and being on the road. But then again, Derek, that was the reason sometimes that Kentucky even lost games was the environment. And now you don't have that factor. So I think the cream will rise to the top in college basketball this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Fern's joining me up here today. Um, I'm trying to think of, 
you know, maybe a better representation of that will be February 20th at Tennessee, but I'm just trying to think, you know, a lot of these road games, it looks like in the SEC are going to be early. Um, in January alone, they have five road games. So they're on the road games early. So what does that mean for a team that, fortunately by that point, though, they will have about nine or ten games under their belt, uh, maybe nine or so before SEC play starts. But I don't see any really daunting road task. I mean, your first SEC road game at Mississippi State, a team that I predict to be one of the worst in the league this year. But Florida should be pretty good. Auburn's going to be in the same boat as Kentucky, really, with less talent, but in the same situation where they're having to replace basically their whole team from last year. Georgia, again, another team that shouldn't be that good. I actually like Alabama's roster, but uh, not a game I would expect Kentucky to lose. So I've not really had a chance to sit here and go through it and peg uh, a win-loss record. Basketball is always a lot trickier to do than football. But um, I would say Cal, though, is a very happy guy that they were able to get those three home games prior to having to play Kansas. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that would have been – that would have been a disaster situation, honestly, Derek, if you have to just start the season with Kansas with no exhibition schedule, nothing like that. And, and I think it's a good event, the MTE with Morehead State, Detroit, and Richmond. Uh, definitely has some storylines there. Brad Calipari returning to Kentucky to play at Rupp Arena. You get to play an in-state program. Then you honestly, you get to play a team that even in a normal year, I thought that Richmond would have a shot at making an NCAA tournament. That's a very quality opponent. And it's a game that I would be circling, keeping my eye on, that I think will be very competitive and close against Richmond. But then you have that stretch of games there, and this is where you'll kind of find out who Kentucky is early. With Kansas, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, UCLA, and Louisville, you have a lot of storylines in that stretch. Kentucky and Kansas, of course, is the headliner there. Louisville the day after Christmas. But then you have the Johnny Juzang storyline when they play UCLA, with him being eligible and stuff this year. So... There's a lot of interesting matchups. Every time Kentucky-Notre Dame plays, it's a good game. So I'd expect that to be a competitive game. And two, that game's in Cleveland. That's where they played the last time, right? They played in Cleveland in, in the NCAA tournament. Is that, no, it's at Rupp, sorry. The the UCLA game's at Cleveland. Yeah. I got those mixed. Because I was thinking, wow, what are the chances that they play in Cleveland again? Uh -huh. uh, but I like that stretch of games because then you get to find out who you are going into SEC play. Uh, Derek, when you look at that five-game stretch, is there a game other than Kansas and Louisville you kind of look at? You're speaking of the five-game stretch from December 1st to December 26th, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Louisville's always fun. I don't think Louisville's going to be that great of a team. I mean, I guess I'd like to see Kentucky kind of how fast they gel. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop a game just because uh, – I mean, I think they're I think they're more talented than all those teams, even even more talented than Kansas. But you saw some things last year. I mean, out in Vegas, they lost a game to a Utah team that they were certainly better than. And that, that happens sometimes with Cal teams early in the year. So I don't want to say they'll go you know undefeated in that stretch, but um, I'd be surprised if they went. I'd say no worse than four and one to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking, but I think Kentucky's significantly more talented than all of those teams, except for, I mean, Kansas is obviously going to be pretty good, but between Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, UCLA, and Louisville, I think Kentucky is certainly uh, much more talented than those teams. Yeah, if they can get the Kansas game, you could actually see Kentucky kind of going into SEC play undefeated if they can grab that game. Uh, 
it's just such a weird year, though. Like, you just really you don't know what to expect from either side. You don't know what the energy is going to be like in these buildings when they play. But it's just good to see a basketball schedule, honestly. We've been waiting on is this for a while. Is that better for a young team, though? I mean, you're not going to have a crazy environment you're playing in. At any point, you're going to be able to – if another team's going on a run, you don't have to worry about a, a crazy crowd um, getting after you or anything. I mean, you can kind of just settle in and play, right? That, that's that's the way that I'm thinking, and that's what I was getting at earlier. When you go to Tennessee or you go to Coleman Coliseum at Alabama, where we know is always a tough game for Kentucky. Kentucky's lost at Alabama quite a few times in the John Calipari Auburn. era. Yeah, Auburn is another one. So when you go to those places, you're not going to have the craziness that it's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see the student section and how much that plays. Are we going to pump crowd noise into a basketball game too, the way we've been doing football? Because that was really that's been really annoying on the football end, especially <laughs> on the TV side. I can't imagine it in an enclosed oh, yeah. arena. So a lot of things we're going to have to see. Uh, but Kentucky did confirm today, Derek, that it's 15% capacity this season. Mostly it'll be K-Fund donors for season tickets and things like that. So it'll be roughly about 3,500 people. So the environment that we general, you know, generally experience at college basketball season is going to be nothing like it usually is. I mean, it's going to be weird. It's, uh, to me, it's going to be more weird in that setting than it is in football. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I'm glad that they've got a schedule out. Probably no point in speculating how many of these games will actually be played. I would just assume that, you know, you can see at the bottom of the, of the screen grab that UK has that from March 5th to March 7th, there is an SEC makeup window. Um, I don't know how they plan to do that. If it's, you know, all three of those days you have to play, probably not. Or, I mean, it probably just depends on how many games are, are affected. But we've seen some of the challenges with football. To this point, no games have been have there been football games canceled like Missouri and Vanderbilt? Is that is that scheduled to be made made up or is it just off uh, the schedule? I'm not sure if that's been scheduled. They do have to be the window, right? They do have the window. So it'd be the yeah, it'd be the week, the 12th of December, I think, is the window, right? Yeah. To make up. Yeah, so, I think it's the week after the season. I mean, we know at some point, some team yeah, see basketball is going to have a cancellation. And what you're running into with basketball is if you get one cancellation, you probably follow it with a second one just because of the, the close proximity and schedules in games. So that's going to be something that teams are going to have to deal with. I mean, and two, Derek, I mean. You think about this too. Yeah, I mean, January 6th, you play Vanderbilt. Well, what if Vanderbilt plays somebody on January 2nd and that team has positive tests? You know what I mean? Like you could have so many games affected between contact tracing and things like that. I think it's going to be a real challenge. Uh, and I and I will say this, and I think the challenges are different from football to basketball. I think there's positives and I think there's negatives, no pun intended, with uh, with COVID and testing. But on the basketball side of things, you have a roster of roughly 13 to 15 players. So that's less people that you have to worry about contracting COVID. But the problem is, is if one does it and you, you're kind of – the whole team's wiped out. Where in football, with contact tracing, you still had enough of a roster to still play those games and get them to be played. In basketball, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, yeah, I don't think you contact trace the entire team, but at the same time, I mean, they've been wearing the, the chip thing or the thing that tells them you know, how close or who they've been to around the longest and how long they've been around them. But you have to think that that's the downside. But then the positive would be, 
you have fewer people to kind of keep an eye on and make sure. And Kentucky, the way that they do it, Derek, they're they're really they're in that little bubble there on camp, but they still are they're still doing in person classes, right? Guys are still having to go to class, or or are they virtual? Because I've never really been able to pinpoint how they're doing that. Yeah, that's a good question. The comments that Cal's made kind of suggest that it's like a. <laughs> I don't know if prison's the right way to say it, but it's almost like they're either in their lodge or they're practicing or playing. You know what I mean? It's not like they're not not supposed to be going out anywhere for dinner or things like that. So, yeah, um, well, that's I mean, a good that's, question. I know some football players and baseball players for sure have been having in-person classes, but what I don't know is, is well, about basketball. But, you know, and you made a good point. Uh, that's another thing for football. Like, you don't have 85 guys who all live in the same dorm or whatever. Like, those guys are all spread out. I mean, you got people on UK's team that are married. <laughs> you know, they live at home with their wives. And uh, some guys are freshmen. They live in dorms. So you got, like, a, a big mix of, you know, kind of where guys are. Whereas in basketball, you're, you know everybody is going to be right there together. So I don't know how that works for other schools, though. If every SEC school is like that, you'd probably feel a little bit better uh, about getting through this. Yeah, that's that's the thing is uh, when you go and you play someone else, you're having to, you know, put your season and your health in their hands. Honestly, I mean, you're just you're going off of what what's happening in that town, that university, that program. But as far as Kentucky, I'm not necessarily worried about Kentucky with positive cases, with the way they're handling things now. Obviously, if they if they've had a positive case, we don't know about it. Uh, if they've had any issues on the basketball side of things. We have no clue. Uh, to this point, it seems like it, everything's been smooth and operating the way it should be. And it's got to this point, and, Eric, we have basketball, what, today's November 6th? I mean, we have basketball, what, 19 days? I mean, it's the first night of the college basketball season, the Wednesday night before. Th- That's going to be a fun week, I think. Those three days going into that first week, first day of December, uh College basketball is going to be all over the TV. It will be. Um, I guess the last point I have on the schedule, I wanted to ask you, we saw Cal a lot over the summer, early fall, really hammering the point that he didn't want to do – I don't know if he explicitly said he didn't want to do SEC only, but he really was trying to make an effort to help out some of the smaller schools that were going to be hit harder. I mean, because he, he knows Kentucky basketball is always going to be fine in terms of financials, but some of these small schools – might not be. I mean, you have well over 300 uh, basketball teams in Division One, and it seemed like he really wanted to try to help some of those schools out. At the end of the day, they only get three teams, I would call. I mean, Richmond's a mid-major, whereas Detroit Mercy, uh, they're in the horizon, right? I mean, I guess you could consider them mid-major, whereas Moorhead State is set, certainly a small a small school in the OVC. Do you think he'll be pleased that they were only able to get three of those type schools, or do you, hope, do you think he maybe wished they could add some more? I'm going to say he he'll he'll wish that they could have had some more. I just don't know where you would have put it. I think maybe if the season had started with its original date, which was set for I think November 10th was the original date to start the season, you could have fit more in there. And honestly, Derek, it it probably could have been done if we could have cleared some hurdles early to get this season started. But practice started later than usual. Mm-hmm. You have no exhibition season. But I think I would have liked to have seen the basketball season start here in a few days and just didn't just not have the exhibition schedule because I think that honestly it could have been done if things maybe could have moved a little quicker in July, August, September. I agree with you on that. Um, I, I hope that these schools aren't 
put in a, such a bad spot that it's going to, you know, I'm sure everybody's affected for the long term. I mean, even the power programs, even, you think about the football programs in the SEC that are losing upwards of 40 to $50 million this year uh, for their athletic departments. So everyone's hurt by it. I, but I hope that those small schools can, can find a way to, to not be hurt too much because Sean, I mean, one day like this virus isn't going to be as big of a part of our lives, but just kind of the devastation from it, you know, we still have a lot to see. Will it ever be like how it was before? You know, I hope so. I think that's what we all hope, but as of now, I'm not so sure that that's clear that it will be that way. Well, it's just it's had such a devastating blow to a lot of people in a lot of places, and you know, just as far as money and revenue and income and everything. I mean, you saw it in our jobs, Derek, with advertising revenue and just the price per click. Like I mentioned that to you when it first started. It's it's crazy how it's better now on my end when it comes to advertising and things. But when it first started, I called you. I was like, this is unbelievable. I mean, it was like a dollar and change for like an ad click and stuff, which is just so, so random and so weird. So I just don't know. I mean, on my end and things, I can't imagine some of these universities that it costs money to have programs. It costs money to do these things and then attendance being limited and things. I don't know how some of these programs will survive this, but it's good to see that Kentucky's trying to help, and it's good to see that it's an in-state school, Moorhead State, there at the beginning of the schedule, Derek, that you're kind of trying to you know, get them a game that's close to home. I know a lot of people would have loved to have seen Western Kentucky or Murray State on there. Honestly, I would have loved to have seen like an in-state showcase, and I think it would have been a really cool thing to have done it if you could have and included Louisville in it too but not play Louisville in it, but do some type of event where all the in-state schools, I think that they missed an opportunity with that. But then again, when you look at how the college basketball schedule is, you ultimately have to worry about your team mm-hmm. and how you're preparing your team. And I, and I think Cal, honestly, sure, I'd love to see better games at Rupp Arena, and I hope that's what you see moving forward. But at the same time, I think that Cal's doing his best to get his guys ready uh, because he knows that that schedule, December 1st through mid-December, it's, that's the tough part of the schedule to get ready for league play. Plus, you need quality wins, and I think that's what's going to be interesting to watch this year. There's not going to be very many opportunities, Derek, for a lot of teams to get really good wins. So Kentucky needs the Kansases, the the Louisvilles, and stuff before they get into SEC play. Certainly, and I, I just want to go back and reinforce that on, on the – schedule i'm not trying to in a year like this i certainly understand that just just having games <laughs> i said it during football say for basketball you just want to be able to have a schedule you want to be able to play um i wasn't trying to i don't think the home schedule is great but at the same time this year it doesn't really mean as much as maybe last year if you want to complain about the non-conference or home slate like this year it is what it is everybody understands it two three years from now and everything's you know somewhat hopefully by the end it'll be normal um i just i don't think it's a ridiculous thing to say you know hey it'd be cool to have you know it'd be cool to have michigan state come here it'd be cool to go up to to uh east lansing and play a game up there it'd be cool to have michigan come to town it'd be cool to have duke come to town to go to cameron indoor it'd be cool to go back i mean north carolina for how many years they played home and away you know and that's not even a thing anymore i want to get into indiana topic because apparently people were very passionate about that i've never really cared honestly about Indiana, but it was one of those cool rivalry games for a long time. And those have gone away for – I've covered – you've covered neutral side games. I mean, Champions Classic's cool because it starts the season and, like, you get that anticipation leading up to it. But I've covered 
non-conference, you know, in the garden against Seton Hall. Like, who cares about that? Like, why does that need to be a neutral site game against Seton Hall? You know, stuff like that is just kind of like it's annoying to me. And it's not really preparing you. Other, I mean, you're playing the NCAA tournament on a neutral floor, but at the same time, like, what's the point in playing Seton Hall at the Garden? Like you said, like, play somebody big. If you're, the Garden should be reserved for big time matchups. Like, you shouldn't see, you know, mid level teams playing in Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry. Like, what's the point? Then you're just wasting the electricity, in my opinion. Like, even having the lights on. Like, put big time events in there, like last year. And it's it's weird, you know, seeing Facebook memories and stuff. We were at the Garden. Around this time last year, you know, watching the Champions Classic, I think it was yesterday uh, was the day that we were there. So it, it's amazing how much life has changed in 12 months. Yeah. But it's hard, it's hard to believe it's been 12 months, honestly. To me, that trip feels like just a month or two ago. I don't know, but I, I think time's moving fast. Some people probably think it's moving slow, but I think we're just, I'm like, where in the world is time going? Here we are in Thanksgiving, yeah. pretty much. But, but, uh, uh, Derek, we just wanted to get on here and just talk about the schedule and kind of make up what we've missed this week. Uh, once again, I apologize for all the changes and, you know, all the the uh, very limited episodes and everything that we've had this week. But we are back on full schedule, breaking news, everything that happens. Kentucky Daily will be here to cover it. We appreciate your patience. We appreciate your list, you listening. The numbers, Derek, even though we haven't recorded, have been up there this week. I looked at them earlier. We have really good numbers on episodes, so we recorded this one, and then we're going to get you a short mailbag episode with uh, SEC football predictions for this week. But this episode, as always, is brought to you by the Butcher's Pub with two locations, one in Palmville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook for more information. But we'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 